Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosowski. I'm here today with, of course, my favorite critic and co-host, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. We're going to talk about the 13th, can you believe it, the 13th edition of the Canadian Film Fest. And it was going to be taking place next week, starting next week, Tuesday, in fact. So that's March 19th to the 23rd. It's going to take place at Cineplex's Scotiabank Theatre in Toronto. And any and all information and tickets ahead of time, you can go to canfilmfest.ca. And so this is another exciting addition. New this year will be, uh, usually they have a shorts program called Homegrown Shorts. This year, they're introducing a second one. So that speaks to the power of the short film the popularity and the quality. There's, yeah. th- there's so many, right? And it also speaks to the fact that, you know, the festival's in tune with a lot, what, what's going on with Canadian filmmakers. So they'll also have nine features as well that's screening over this five-day event. And out of those nine, that's, there's six world premieres. So it's really exciting. And so Courtney and I, we, we saw a few of these films, and we're going to tell you about some highlights. So we're going to start off with uh, a quirky little film. Always a good place to start. It's called The Dancing Dogs of Dombrova. And it's happening on Mar- uh, March 21st, so that's next Thursday. So you've got fair warning, get some tickets. There should be tickets still available. And it's about these estranged siblings who have to come together on a quest that uh, they need to to fulfill their dying grandmother's wish, and that is to go to this little town in Poland where she grew up and where she lived, and where she left her beloved dog, Peter. So, of course, it's so many, many decades later, but she she feels like when she dies, which she feels is going to be imminent, she wants her beloved dog with her. And he's beloved partly because she she's always, you know, told them that this dog would dance for her. And so, you know, I found it really charming. And uh, one of the great things about the film, it's it's very, it's absurdist and very, like, right from the beginning, like, <laughs> like it's off kilter. You just don't know what to think, especially with the first few images and uh, the way that they're sort of adopted by this silent driver, this this woman who just keeps showing up and indicating that she's going to drive them wherever. Um, but, uh, but also, you know, so it's kind of quirky that way. The oddball cast of characters is fabulous. And the, the interesting interplay and interchanges between people, it, the hints, you know, the notes that it hits um, on very satirical things, especially if you're, you're Eastern European, but especially if you're Polish. There are like some running gags and stuff mm-hmm. like you just pick up instantly. Like, I, had, I had a great time. Um, but even not, even if not, I mean, look at what Wes Anderson did, right? With, uh, with the Grand, or Grand, Budapest Gr- Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel, right? And sort of it does have that kind of Wes Anderson-ish hint in there. It gives you a sort of a, a general Eastern European. Some of the details of it because, it, you know, it's not a Polish film. It's a Canadian, right? <laughs> so, like, if you're Polish, some of the things, but there's only a few of us, so we won't 
we won't spoil it for you. Where it's like, you know, where it's like, mm, that person's not Polish. Mm-hmm. I can, you know. You can see through the facade of the acting. <laughs> you can hear it, <laughs> right? But who, nobody's going to know, right? And some, sometimes, and there is this sort of interplay between the old Soviet regime that, in fact, did run Poland. There is a, a kind of an interplay between, like, some maybe leftover, which is actually true in the country, right? There's this sort of heritage left over from living under the Soviets when uh, there's a lot of crime and like you had to to survive. You had to be involved with the black market somehow. <laughs> yeah, but especially with this community, one of the things I like is that the – I would say it's a very religious community. It's all a community that's about totally order. Uh, look, that's totally – in fact, I would say probably that's a very Eastern European thing because what it's doing is it's taking place in like a small village. Mm-hmm. And in those tiny places, trust me, I come from these people. They are so it's, – it's an old-fashioned. It's like an archaic kind of yeah, Roman Catholicism. In this film, you have that archaic devotion, um, you know, but – when you look at this town, this is a town full of sinners in, oh, in, yeah. in many oh, ways, no, which, totally which, makes the, which makes the humor so wonderful in this film because <laughs> there, there is so much going on. And, yeah, the, there's a lot of oddball characters that you would typically expect to get on a, on a road trip um, outsider type of movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, these outsiders are coming into this foreign land and, oh, comedy is going to ensue. But what I liked about this film is that the characters, even the odd ones, are still – drawn in a way that makes them endearing. Like, I never felt that mm-hmm. um, at any point the film was making fun of the inhabitants of this. No. It's just they are quirky as they are, learn to love them, and <laughs> criminals or whatever, just, and, and, and it That's and it works. actually true to life, That those kind of people. Mm-hmm. The old woman who could not be convinced by anyone except possibly the mafia or the priest, I swear, I can, I can take you to Poland right now and I can introduce mm-hmm. you to like a, half a village full of those old women. That's – yeah. Uh, and so what I, I especially liked was that the film does not close itself off to some of the sadder realities uh, of, you know, what happened during the war yeah. and, uh, you know, ha- what happened with the Jewish community. There's a, there's a lot of honest emotion in this film. Mm-hmm. And even though it, it's a comedy, it uses the humor to touch on some – really interesting aspects about history, legacy, um, the importance of of sharing the, your experiences with family, even yes. if it's even if it's a horrific experience, like yes. how it's important for each generation to know what the other generation went through, which kind of puts your own particular struggles in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really well done, the way how they balance these two siblings that are going through their own issues that they, in their minds, are the biggest and most important thing and then they slowly start to see what life was like for the grandmother and the grandmother to me felt like uh, a third character in yes, this film but yes. although you never really see her yes in I this agree. film and it was it's just a, a really well done film where at no point did i feel like they were hitting obvious beats or you know being overly sentimental <laughs> it was just I, I walked away with a smile on my face. I was like, I, I want to see that film again. I would I would sit down and watch that movie again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and what you were saying about balance, I I completely agree. I, that's one thing I really appreciated as I was watching it because it's not it's not easy to balance funny and sad. Nope. Um, but 
the way that that the director Zach Birnbaum does this is is expert. It's mm-hmm. it's just a masterful piece of cinema and and, and storytelling. St- and also, you know, honoring the, these crazy characters and hitting on a few notes that like these running jokes. The running joke about coffee is classic or the lack thereof mm-hmm. in Poland in the in the countryside of Poland there's there's no coffee. I also liked how the driver even though you know she doesn't speak there's a a kind of toughness to her um in the sense that you get <laughs> she's, she's scary. Come on, tough. She's I scary. Would, I would say tough because she <laughs> if at first you you get the sense that you've got to do what she's going to what she says, even though she doesn't speak. So if she tells you, if she's pointing for you to get in the car, you get in the car. But at the same time, you you still trust that she will take care of you. But then the joke, one of the running gags is, is that for me at least, she was always like one step away from putting them in serious harm, like the car and like what's in the car and just her, her overall demeanors. I felt like she would get them into more problematic situations than she would in terms of instead of helping them out. But mm-hmm. it, There's it, a nice twist of, yeah, about that. It, it all, a, there is a bunch works. of nice twists at the end. That, all the characters uh, work for me. It was Yeah, it was and the story, film. like, it wraps up nicely. There's some great tip uh, twists, like I was saying, mm-hmm. you know, to keep things, to keep things upended, like, keep yep. upending things, but not in a catastrophic way. Just, like, keep it upended enough to make this journey uh, more interesting, even more interesting than it already is. Like from shot, the very first shot, you'll be fascinated. And uh, yeah, so look, looks like we're both highly recommending The Dancing Dogs of Dombrova, which is playing uh, next week, uh, March 21st. So that's at Canadian Film Fest. Don't miss that one. Now, we saw another film, which... It's kind of interesting in the way the, the couple dynamic, even though it's brother and sister in Dombrova, you have like a balance. She's a bit more, the sister is more fancy free. The brother's a bit more straight edged. <laughs> straight <Yeah>. edged. <laughs> That's a nice word <laughs> for it. Uh, uptight. Well, there's, there's uh, Pond Life is about two couples who are having an evening together and features two secrets and too much booze. And all sorts of, yeah, these secrets and how, you know, how it's coming out. And it's, it starts off with this one couple being ready for the other couple, getting ready for the other couple to come over. And the woman is, you know, the man is very uptight and the woman is very, like, a little more able to take things in stride, right? Even though she has her own neuroses. Yeah, they're, they're both a, a very nervous couple. Yeah. And then the other couple shows up, and it, like it's her sister and and his part and her partner. Um, the other couple shows up, and then this interplay of stuff ha- starts happening between the four of them. Uh, I have to say, I did think of um, the old play of Edward Albee's "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf," which was oh. turned into a film, yes, right? Yeah. Where it's like you know, this is a recipe for. Who knows what, and it all starts to unravel. But this this film has, is more reliant on these secrets and this sort of sinister edge that it is kind of. It's like, to me, it was like it was wanting to be a black comedy, but 
the emphasis on the sinister edge was just a little too much? Yes, I would agree with you on that. And I actually like that comparison to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. That was one I hadn't thought of when watching this film because I believe this one was adapted from a, a stage play it is, yeah, as, a st- as well. And, and it kind of does have that feel to it because the the two couples um the scientist um dick and sandy i Mm -hmm. believe was the the first one and then her sis her foster sister daisy and her partner richard um the way how they all interact and pair off kind of feels like a does feel like a play almost like a neil leboot kind of dark Mm -hmm. comedy but i yeah, I but agree in with Virginia you. Woolf, everything, the way things fall apart and unra- as things unravel, the way that social mores, the way that behaviors There's a certain start. rhythm. Yeah, to it, yeah, and it just, that one unravels, right? And, mm-hmm. But this one has these mysterious secrets, right? Yeah, and I, I feel the, the secrets would have worked better if we, I think, got a little more substance with the characters or a little more of the characters exactly that's because i find like it kind of hits the ground running where once they introduce um daisy and richard it gets like really dark pretty fast so the the crude couple the boozy couple and at at first it's kind of amusing but then once the secret starts to come into play i find that the the film doesn't quite know how to balance it all because it, it still wants to be dark and I guess boundary pushing mm-hmm. in its in its dialogue and just the overall mannerisms of the couple, but then at the same time they've still got to make them interesting enough to, or even compassionate enough to a certain extent to sell some like the two twists that are going to happen in right. in this film. And I don't think it it ever reaches that level where it balances it um, quite right because mm-hmm. once things start to get revealed, you're like oh okay that. That makes sense, and you know certain references earlier would have been um, just as enjoyable had I yeah been given a little more substance with the characters. Yes, very I think good things point. kind of come certain things come a little too late, and by the time they come, it's like oh, I don't really feel that same connection with with the characters. Yeah, so it just it's not quite right in the way it unravels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that's Pawn Life. Um, it it is a black comedy, so you know if you if you like black comedies, you might like this one. And uh, Pond Life is playing on Friday, next Friday, the twenty second. And you saw something that uh, I did not see. Yes, I saw a film, a thriller called Nowhere, and it's a really interesting um, film about this mother. Uh, I believe her name is Claire, and her daughter Sarah, they moved from Chicago to this small town of um, I think it's Mattawa, and the Claire is going to become the new vice principal at the school. And her daughter, I guess the first or second day there, ends up getting on the basketball team. And she was, a, I guess, a big basketball star back in Chicago, so she's happy to be part of the team. And you know, she goes out for like a girls' night out with the team kind of a bonding thing, but never shows up home the next morning. So a lot of the film is about what happened to Sarah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the mother, as any parent, is frantic, mm-hmm. is calling around, does all the things a parent should do, calls friends, teachers, talks to the girls from the school, and eventually she has to go to the police. And from there, you see a different reaction. Because for her, it's a, it's important. Her daughter's missing. 
but the rest of the town, everyone's kind of, ah, you know, these are kids are kids, and everyone seems more concerned of, well, what will this um, incident do in terms of bringing negative attention to the team? And everyone's more concerned about protecting the team because I guess in this small community, the girls' basketball team is like the the one way that a lot of those girls can get out of the community and onto better things, go on right. to like college, what have you. Right. Uh, so that's like the premise of this mystery. And you start to see certain individuals um, who may or may not have Claire's best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. And as the community starts doing this big search, it's, it's the mystery starts to unfold a bit and you start to get a little bit more clues of like what happened and who's responsible. And it's, a, it's, the interesting part for me was that it looks at the nature of a mother's love and the sense that mothers um, inherently or should inherently do anything to protect their children, right? And, but when we think of that, we think of it from a physical aspect. Like you always want to protect your child from harm no matter mm-hmm. what. But this film throws a little wrinkle in and says, well, what about from a moral standpoint? So as things start to unfold you start to see two different mothers um, doing different things in the name of protecting their children. Ah. Right? So it's it's that, and, you know, and it starts to get very... A lot of tension there. A lot of tension there between the mothers and just the overall um, theme that mm-hmm. that film evokes. And that's what I really liked about it. I think the film does falter a little bit in terms of it tips its hat to, I guess, who the, the villains are way too early mm-hmm. so as i was watching it, i didn't really i wasn't really that worried about like well what's happening to the daughter it was more well what was the motivation that is allowing x y and z to continue doing what they're doing right because i think it reveals things a little too early mm. so it kind of diffuses the tension that it it does a great job of building mm-hmm. really quickly but it's still very interesting and i think the performances in the film are are quite good Great. So okay, so it's worth it. It's it's worth seeing. It's mm-hmm. worth seeing. Like the quibbles that I have, you know, I, I still would tell people, yeah, go see it. It's you know, it's a really interesting thriller, and especially those. You know, we're talking about how like um, true crime and just crime tales are right. really big in now, and this is one of those things. It's like, yeah, this this will find a perfect little um, audience, and they'll have a good time. Okay, great. That was nowhere. Okay, and now we're going to end off with the closing night film, which is next Saturday, the twenty third. At 8 p.m., it's called This is North Preston. It's a documentary, fascinating documentary, a, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, the director is uh, Jaron Heyman, and uh, this is his only his second feature doc, and I think he's done like a really great t- uh, job of balancing what, all these things that I'm about to tell you in the, in the description. So, first of all, it started when... Uh, a musician from this community called North Preston in Nova Scotia. This musician, um, the director, um, met his producer, and the producer wanted Jaron to make a, a portrait. And this uh, musician is called Just Chase. So it started off as a portrait of Just Chase, and Just Chase's story of living in this community. Uh, it's a troubled community, and I'll tell you more details in a sec. Um, the, his story of growing up there, 
leads into this further analysis of the actual community and the history. And, and it's important in terms of history because uh, North Preston is the largest black community in Canada. It started as a safe haven for escaped slaves during, you know, um, running away from... Yeah, the un- time of the Underground Railroad. Yeah, it, for the, it was sort of like the end of the Underground Railroad. And then... But over the generations since has recently been labeled as one of the one of the biggest hubs of pimping and human trafficking in the nation, and so the film tries to dive in. It it's uh, it's really great at diving into the history of it, and then through uh, the relationship that just Chase has with everybody, you get to know him, his family, and members of the community, and they. Uh, get to speak for themselves and speak about the community and then it sort of widens out into people around the community, law enforcement and so you start to realize um, at least I started to realize that you know there's this problem um, with the fact that for generations it was so isolated there weren't enough resources like it's basically like no one touched the community you know when outside the community touch the community you know it's a community in Nova Scotia in Canada but nobody else you know paid any attention and so there's economic problems that have that happened and then all these generations of isolation and being ignored and and it it's it shows you kind of this through line but also shows you the problem of even trying to figure out what happened and but, you, you know, like it, it builds this really interesting uh, portrait of systemic racism and mm-hmm. um, and really brings up these problems of racial racial profiling. And, you know, the, there are police officers who speak in the film about the community, like both from inside and out. And you get to see the differences in the points of view between who's in the community and who's out of the community and what everyone how everyone differs on their opinions about what can help yeah and i i don't think i i didn't love it as much as you did um but yeah i thought it was really like weaving all all of that together i think for especially for a second feature Mm -hmm. film uh documentary i i thought it was very extraordinarily done yeah there's there's a lot in it that i liked um i felt that there was times where the film almost tries to bite off too much okay. so for me the the flow of the film it doesn't always connect the various themes like i felt there was a lot of st- um start and stop for certain things so it's like okay this particular part we're talking is specifically about racial profiling and it's really interesting and the you know they have one of the cops say well to to assume that carding no longer happens would be you know yeah. Would be false. Ha ha ha. It's like, oh, so you just openly admit that you guys are still doing that. And yeah, and he's making a joke about it. Yeah, and, ta- about and, it. and talking spe- specifically about the, the longstanding racial divide mm-hmm. that has happened in, in Nova Scotia, which is something I don't think we really delve that much into in, in Canada, especially in cinema. Oh, no, nobody talks about it. So that. I thought all that stuff was, was really riveting. Um, and even some of the stuff with Justin Chase or Justin Case? Just Chase. Just Case. Just case. Sorry, I'm going to chase. Chase. I'm going to mess this up all. So, <laughs> it's okay. I was afraid I was going to do it. I'm sure. I uh, so his storyline was interesting as well. But then there was parts where it was like, well, is this film specifically meant to be a portrait of him? Because 
his life and the people he interacts with, the stuff that he wins is fascinating on its own. Mm-hmm. And the history of the community is fascinating on its own. And then you have the whole crime aspect where, mm-hmm. you know, is, you know, um, North Preston's finest a, a I don't even want to say a group because there's so many of them. You know, there is there is uh, just to clarify to everybody, there is a like a a group who who are who call themselves who call themselves and it's it's, they call it out of pride. But Mm -hmm. then, as the film explains, there were some people who, you know, took on that moniker happily, but then they did some bad things, Mm -hmm. and the media labeled anyone who was considered North Preston's finest to be a gang. Yeah. To be pimps because they have the largest, one of the largest prostitution rings and stuff there. So you have a lot of people saying, you know, I'm North Preston's finest, but I'm not a bad person. I'm not a a criminal. You have some people that are like, well, it's just the way of life. And we've grown up from generations of of pimps. And so it was was weird to to, um, differentiate between who is, I guess, falling into that clinical media driven narrative and Mm -hmm. who isn't. Because there's times where, like even when the film opens up, where the musician, Justin, would say, you know, we're not all criminals, we're not all this. And then he turns around and explains, well, I grew up in this way, so I had to be a criminal. It's like, okay, I understand you lived the life you got out, but there's a lot of people that are still there that I couldn't quite tell which side they ended on. And I think part of the problem was they say not everyone in North Preston is bad. There's people who are getting their education, they're moving on, they're doing good things, but we never see them in the film we only hear of them and i wish that the film had been a little more balanced in in that way i totally understand what you're saying you know so it's it's an interesting portrait of the community and there's a lot of really interesting and fascinating aspects to the film like i, I learned a lot mm-hmm. which is a, a good thing from a documentary yes um, i just felt like it didn't flow cohesively enough for me mm. you know what i, I would have yeah. liked Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. Um, the what you described was I was fully aware of all of that, but to me, it felt like that's part of the problem. That the media builds, uh, you know, a, an impression of this community, um, let, which let's face it, the media and a lot of white people are just like they build a bad impression of any black community like mm-hmm. if you have like a few blocks in a city where it's predominantly black people that that so what he's describing or what he's trying to show you in North Preston could be uh, have a more universal application of or or you know if you have like an arab community or any you know mm-hmm. that people build an impression and it's it's the outsiders that build it it's the media it's it's the white people. It's, you know, it's like, oh, if you go there, it's like this. Or, oh, you know, that don't go, don't do that. I mean, I used to live near Regent Park, and people were like, don't walk through Regent Park. Mm. Well, don't walk through Regent Park at 2 o'clock in the morning. But you could say that anywhere. Exactly. City, yeah. Right? Like, don't, like, you can walk through Regent Park at 12. Nobody's, 12 p.m. Nobody's going to, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I mean. Like, there's the media and everybody, like, they build up these sensationalist, racist, awful portraits. And that's the confusion, is the film is trying to talk to the people inside. And there are good and bad people everywhere, mm-hmm. right? In every community. 
Um, so they're trying to, to, to get the people from the inside to finally express themselves, to, to have a forum to speak. And, and yet there's this, uh, no matter what anybody says from the inside, it's, there's a corresponding outside, like uh, an outside police officer or the mayor of Halifax. I mean, does the mayor of Halifax actually go and visit North Preston regularly? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I they said like, well, there was a period for a long time where the police weren't even uh, going in there. Then they exactly. finally set up shop. And I, and I completely get all that, which is fine. But for a film that's giving us an insider look and talking to the real people, if you're going to show that it's, you know, a, a wide swath of people that live in this community, then show us some of the other people that fit the the narrative that's think, not yeah. the criminal. But film. that would be a different but, film. Well, but I think that's the problem. I think there's there's so there's so many different aspects to this film that it touches on where, that I feel like they could have all been he could have done like a three part documentary yes, series well, yeah. and it would, they would have all been really fascinating. Yeah, on you're their right. Own. I just feel like that particular part, and I mean it, it, it could even be considered like a minor quibble, but it's it's still interesting to show that you're diffusing the the media standpoint. Because the ones that are there that say, you know, I'm not, this, not, I still don't know anything about them outside of, well, they still hang around with the people who have officially said they are. Yes. Know? And not, again, it's not saying guilt by association, but for someone who's outsider, they might just look and go, oh, well, you still hang around with people who have done bad things, even though it's, it was kind of the way of life for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just. What do you do in a close knit community, though? Well, in any community, I'm not talking about the black, in any community, what do you mm-hmm. do in a close-knit community when you've grown up with people and that's what that person had to do to survive and this is what you had to do and but, like, you may and have done something else. Which is which is fine, but like I think even in close-knit communities, um, not every single person is going to have the same experience. So in terms of just showing us the different facets, like I think the film does a good job of explaining the history and how it's gotten to the point that it's gotten to. But when they keep saying that, you know, not everyone is like this, mm-hmm. not everyone is like this. And I, I completely agree well, with we, them, but I just want to see some of them, don't we? Or did I just not that many, not that many, if you really think about it, maybe it was just like, it was such a revelation for me. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, and I have a certain point of view, like I have a lot to learn being white and a lot to learn about, like, my perspective and my, like, even assumptions that, that I don't even know I have. Mm-hmm. That it was so revealing to be able to to not only uh, hear from people who are in a community that is experiencing problems and hear them and, and get, have them have a platform, right? I was, and so the history and that. And then for the film to also show you how problematic it is to even show you a portrait of inside when it's still everything is always marred by the outside larger white community and larger white media that that that's what I saw it was that the the problem that that you're addressing was that that's part of reality mm-hmm. you know that the that the white media yeah, it and just and screws they, everything, and they up. do a good job of just showing like the the general racism that is occurring from just regular white civilians, and you know how cars are damaged and whatnot. Like, there's a there's a, a lot in here to mm-hmm. to take. There's a lot That's of really why interesting I liked things, it. but there's I just felt that because there was so much, 
I would have loved if it was just a little more focused. I understand. Because there's times yeah. where we we stop talking about North Preston and then we're just talking about his music career and what he's doing and some parts it's like, okay, that's okay, so we're back to the music doc and it's no oh no, we're back to mm-hmm. North Preston the people and it's just there's there's a lot to learn and I, I and I would still recommend people see it because it's an eye opening doc. Yeah. I just wish that it flowed a bit better. Okay. And had focused some of its uh some of its viewpoints. That's a good point. Uh, all your points. I mean, what you've what you've laid out, laid laid out. Yeah, but it, again, it's a it's a film that will definitely generate discussion. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so mission accomplished, right there. You know, I just I just you know at the end of the film, you know, with realizing all the different impressions and all the confusions and all the you know and the sort of this frustration that you know I hope people finally understand and like why didn't we hear about this community like ages ago um that there was this sense in me that felt like okay let like bring this to audiences and more and more audiences and let's start the process you know that this this is part of a process seeing this film and understanding that it's everything so complicated it is this it felt like a starting point for everybody trying to to finally try to unravel it and understand it and tackle it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely a a big issue. It's, as we've seen in the film, there's there's multifacets to yeah to to fixing it and getting the community, I guess, uh, back on par with. Yeah, what do you do after generations of neglect, isolation? Well, you have to just do it one one bit at a time. Yeah, you gotta st- slowly start. Working incrementally, you can't do big sweeping changes because sometimes people have ideas for big sweeping changes, and then you end up with gentrification. Exactly, <laughs> and, and that those ruins. people are still yeah. disenfranchised, but they're just disenfranchised in a different place. So mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of work to be done, but I think they can start doing small increments and yes, I hope so. At but least get people talking about y- getting yes. change happening. <laughs> but think about the changes because uh, there was one point in the film when when. Um, some one of the residents was saying something about how there was a problem. There was a, a like a street fight, riot kind of thing. Oh, yep, yep. For a reason. Um, and then after that, there's more police involvement in the community, and especially now with everybody just thinking that they could throw poli- money f- to the police to fix, mm-hmm. you know, the gun problem in Toronto. The, the, you know, and it's like. No. Yeah, the, so the law film, and order populism um, politi- politician movement that we're seeing all over now. Yeah, and so this person was explaining that that situation, if people hadn't called the cops, the white people hadn't called the cops, it would have resol- been resolved differently mm-hmm. and more peacefully. But because of now the the increased presence of the police, because if you if you leave a community alone with no and the police ignore them. Certain things, as we see in the film, happen, and then suddenly you introduce the cops. You can't. That's not a solution. Not suddenly like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that <laughs> that's yet another point. No, it's 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 good that films like this can generate discussion, and I think that's that's the most important got, thing. Why yeah. I got selected because you know it. it you're going to learn a lot, and you you will definitely come out. Yeah, with a lot of lot of views and a lot of thoughts on it. Yeah, and it's important to know that this is happening in Canada. Mm-hmm. I think Canadians get a little complacent and say, "Well, we're better than the states," and it's like, "Are we?" Yep. 
<laughs> okay, so that that uh, that film is uh, this is North Preston. It's the closing night film of the Canadian Film Fest, which happens next week. It starts on March nineteenth, the Tuesday, and it goes until the weekend on the twenty third. And it's all at Scotiabank Theatre. And if you want info or tickets or something ahead of time, go to canfilmfest.ca. All right. Well, we've done a lot of talking today. It's yep, good. Good discussion, good films. Yep, lots of good films. So uh, don't miss this. You know, Can- Canadian Film Fest is always a big highlight of the year. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time.